Welcome, disc golfers, to the Hitting the Line podcast. This is episode seven and the second installment of the Solo Pod. And we are coming off of a take lessons, not L's type of week. And what I mean by that is last week, although our predictions for the tournament were on par, we said um, that Eagle and Kristen Tatar would repeat. They would go back to back. This prediction was based on the fact that we didn't see much variance out on the course. So we knew luck would not be a huge factor. So we just picked the players who were playing the hottest currently. And we were correct. Eagle McMahon might have came up one stroke short. But we were correct. But our real life guess and prediction of the tournament does not always determine how our success and prize picks will go. The preserve played a little bit tougher than we had hoped or imagined it would. We predicted that it would play about the same. While we knew that the course was different, we figured not much would change. A little bit of wind and a little bit of new course design and some added OB changed that a little bit. It played about a stroke and a half, maybe two strokes tougher. How did this affect our picks. Well, for one, it made that double digit magic number that we talked about last week pretty elusive. The 10 ish down was a fairly elite number. Um, I imagine I don't have it right in front of me. I imagine it was about in the 1050 ish range, probably a little bit, a little bit higher than that. Whereas the year prior, it was in the 1030 range. So for those who don't know, generally, one stroke is equal to about 10 points, give or take a couple points. So, you know, sometimes it's worth eight points, nine points, even seven points. Uh, sometimes it's worth about 11 or 12. I would err on the side of nine-ish points per stroke. So it played a, a little bit tougher by a few strokes. Our locks of the week were the Nate Sexton under and the Jeremy Colling over. While Colling did come through on the over... Uh, Sexton could not hit that magic 10 down under mark. Although the course did play tougher, I don't regret it too, too much. The distribution of the players uh, was really fair. They had them all pretty tight, and I thought Nate Sexton uh, had the best chance of giving us a consistent good number. Over the weekend, it looked like he wasn't putting amazing, and he just wasn't putting together the birdies where he needed to. So, while we missed, I don't hate it too much, but I, I do want to talk about the mistakes I think we made. It is important acknowledging those mistakes and um, trying to get better from them, taking those lessons, uh, not the L's, as I said before. Something I would like to learn from last week going into the Ledgestone Insurance Open would be to learn how to play a much safer, less variant style game when we're unsure about the courses. Yes, we knew Preserve was on the same track, but we knew the track had changed a little bit. And until round one plays out, until a round is played out on the course, we just actually don't know how the course is going to play, what the conditions are going to be like. So these day ones, while they might be the easiest lines to beat against the house, it also might be the day that you need to play uh, the safest. 
I liked a lot of my picks last week, but we just went we went too much in on uh, Nate Sexton last week. And as we mentioned in the the podcast previous, it's about winnings about distribution. How many Nate Sexton do you have? If you created ten or fifteen lineups, how many of them include Nate Sexton? If I probably had Nate Sexton in about eighty ish percent of my lineups, maybe that number was too high. Maybe we should push for 60 or 50 and do more hedging. Hedging, if you're new, is just a way of saying betting both sides of the line. If I have Nate Sexton in 7 out of 10 of my lineups, those other three better be having Nate Sexton on the over as well rather than just the under. That way, in case the nightmares happen as they happened last week, we have a way to crawl back to even money now last week was the first week that we actually took a real loss i lost a couple hundred dollars we did lose the week prior as well at dglo a mere 40 bucks for the total weekend but we were putting ourselves multiple times within one stroke one and a half strokes away from hitting the 10 x's uh hitting some big numbers so when you lose just 40 bucks after having some major sweats, that's not a big deal. We can't win them all, guys. We started off really hot in this podcast, probably won the first four tournaments pretty big. They're getting better at prize picks. Some of these courses are getting a little bit tougher. And that brings us into this week where we are at the Ledgestone Insurance Open in Illinois. And we are actually playing two courses this year. We are playing the signature Eureka Lake on days one and four and Northwood Black. Uh, This is new on days two and three. Northwood Black is supposed to include some portions of the gold layout. And this is a course we have not seen before. And there are some rumors that it is going to be a really tough course. We'll get into that. But first, let's get into our course and tournament preview now like i said our round one is being played at eureka lake which is where all of the ledgestone was played last year our last year's winner were ricky wysocki and katrina allen ricky finished at a 35 down over the cross over the course of four rounds so that is about an eight or a nine ish down Per round, and it looks like he averaged 1060-ish golf. He even squeezed in a 1090 rated round. Paul tried coming back and shot almost an 1100 rated round. I'm not sure if these ratings are inflated or not from last year. We have not seen these kinds of uh, scores yet this year, where we're seeing 1090s, 1080s, etc. And on the women's side, we've seen Katrina Allen take it down. Like I said, with with the Courses having two of them at the Northwood Golds course. And so Northwood Golds is supposed to be a tough course. It's supposed to be wooded, but it's supposed to be fair. According to the course designer, sorry, I don't have that name with me right now. It's supposed to be fair. Not a lot of luck involved. You, Although it's wooded, you're not going to see the trees in the middle of the fairway, uh, such as in random spots. And Jordan Castro was on Twitter yesterday saying that Northwood Gold might be the toughest course he's ever played. It seems like it's being rumored that an even par might be pushing 1020-ish. 
So given the fact that Katrina won it last year, she's still having a good year. Not sure what happened last week when Tatar ran over everybody. Katrina didn't seem to shoot very well. But given that it's wooded and Katrina repeated or won it last year, I'm going to have Katrina win it on the women's side this week. Not sure where Paige is at. But give me give me Katrina with those tight fairways. Mix in some good putting, and I see her taking it down. And on the men's side, you know, it really is a toss-up. Anybody can win. You can always pick Kevin Jones. Paul McBeth could win any week. Chris Dickerson on a tight wooded course. James Conrad's putter. He's been making it from Conrad Country Circle 2 all year, having no problems. He's spot on. Jordan Castro was also saying he could see a lefty shred the course at uh, Northwood Gold this year. Maybe that falls in James's wheelhouse. I mean, he might not be able to throw a lefty or a forehand, but uh, shaping those putter shots on what seems to be left-hand only holes is something James has made himself familiar with. Give me Ricky Waisaki to, to repeat. He's coming off a big W. I know he can play in the woods. I know he can putt. And he won last year's at Eureka by shooting some hot rounds. So I'm gonna take James or I'm gonna take uh, Ricky Wysocki and Katrina Allen to take it down this week. What do our real life predictions mean for our prize picks predictions? Let's get into it. First, if you are new here over at Hitting the Line, we are sponsored by Prize Picks, the official sponsor of this podcast. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy sports app. Head over to prizepicks.com or download the app and use our referral code HTL as in hitting the line. Using our referral code HTL supports our podcast. If you use our referral code, they will match you 100% up to $100 in promo money. And what's great about that promo money is you get to use it right away. You do not have to earn it back slowly by making a lot of entries like most websites. Again, use code HTL over at Prize Picks if you wish to partake in this fun with us in uh, the daily fantasy space. And thank you so much. We appreciate anybody who does use that code and follows along with us. If not, uh, you can still follow along with us. But this is what we like to talk about here. Uh, not just disc golf in general, but daily fantasy disc golf as well. So let's get into the lines for this week and see what it means for our entries. Like I've said in the past, some of the first research I do when I'm trying to figure out what lines I like and why they like why I like them is I take a look at last year's scores and ratings. Now we're playing on a par 63. A 63 last year, an even par in the final round was a 10.06 rated round. So in between 1,000 and 1,010. There's kind of three magic numbers I really like to to look at for ratings. These ratings, in my opinion, kind of separate the different tiers of players. It separates you know, your top tier from your middle tier from your third tier. And that's I like to look at the 1,000 mark, the 10.30 mark, and about the 10.55-ish, 10.60 mark. So on a 63 par, um, an even par was a 10.06. A 10.30 for us was about a 60, uh, maybe a 59. That's a three or a four down. And then a 56, a seven down 
was a 1055. So those are kind of my magic numbers that I'm going to be looking at just as a base to start comparing players to. So what does this show on our board? Well, if we pull up the board here on prize picks, you'll see um, our lowest scores start with Ricky Wysocki coming off of the win last week and uh, the winner of the Ledgestone last year projected for a 55. That is an eight down. Do you think Ricky Wysocki can shoot a 1060 rated round? And on the other end of the spectrum, I'm seeing Jeremy Colling projected for the worst score at a 60. Do you think Jeremy Colling can shoot a 1027 rated round? He's been shooting that all year, and he's actually playing pretty consistent. So I would say as far as both ends of the spectrum go for this tournament, the projections are, are pretty spot on. And you know, while I do think a lot of these players are projected pretty well on the board um, right now for this week at Eureka Lake, let's talk about the course. The course is just infested with OB everywhere, pretty much in every hole lot of natural and artificial OB but a lot of the holes kind of favor some of the big arm throwers where there's OB everywhere but if you have a big enough arm you can kind of play it safe and get yourself in that circle two territory I think for that reason I'm going to be choosing a lot of the guys that are projected kind of high that have the bigger arms to shoot our unders we have Ezra projected at a 59 and a half. Barella projected at a 59 and a half. I, I don't hate taking the unders on those guys shooting four down. Where it starts to get tricky is when you see Simon Lazat at a 58 and a half. And it's it really is going to be a crapshoot on OBs. Who who's been playing well all year? Who hasn't been? For me, the guys that just seem to be playing so well consistently are the likes of James Conrad. But somebody like Adam Hammes, who actually really let us down last week in a lot of our under picks, is projected to shoot pretty hot at a 58. 58 last year at Eureka Lake on the final round was a 1040-ish rated round. And like I, I know Hammes can do that. But on a course infested with OB... Um, he doesn't have the calmest head. Uh, maybe you could choose him as an over. Eula Berry at a 59 is not. Eula Berry's, is he going to shoot a 1035 rated round on a course infested with OB that favors big arms? Maybe not. So because this is a show and I'm supposed to be helping you out and giving you some picks, I, I think my first instincts are going to be taking people like Ezra and Barella and choosing the under and grabbing maybe a Yuli uh, on the over and throwing some darts here and there on some other overs as well. More importantly, I think than just handing out overs and unders and acting like I have it all figured out is just reminding you guys that there's nothing more important than the process. It's always process over results. What was our process for choosing what we chose? Why did it or why did it not work out? And how can we improve? If we could have changed something, would we have? If you want to reflect on last week and talk about process over results, was our was our process good? Did we put enough consideration into the fact that all of the holes were different? Yeah, sure, it's still the preserve, but if all the 
holes changed, how, how can we be sure? How do we know what the results are going to be? So if I'm going to take a process over results approach, I think round one, I'm going to play it pretty safe. I'm going to pick as many flex plays as I can. I'm going to submit a lot of entries and I'm going to hedge quite a bit. I'm going to be choosing many different players, choosing the overs and the unders, making sure that my distribution of players is even and fair and lean a little bit harder on the guys that I have convictions about. Maybe not a lot of bit harder, but a little bit harder and take a small win if I can on round one. We will get to see the course again for round four and maybe that'll help us have some clarity going into that round for what we would like to do. Now, rounds two and three at Northwood Gold. I think I've been saying gold this whole time. It's actually <laughs> it's actually black, Northwood black. I really think I've been saying gold this whole time. At Northwood, regardless, rounds two and three, it's a course we've never seen before. Round two, you, you ought to not play that that many entries. I hate to say it, but it's, it's a course we've never seen before. We don't exactly know what's going to happen. The only beta I got is that Jordan Castro says it's the toughest course he's ever played. And rumors are that an even par uh, could push 1020-ish. So take what you want to do with that information as you'd like. If guys that you know... If a Jeremy Colling is projected to shoot a five down, I'm going to go ahead and say pick the over on that, considering that might be a 1070-ish rated round, a 1060-ish rated round. So I don't have much going into rounds two and, threes, two and three, guys. We haven't seen the course, and um, it's going to be fun and exciting. And play responsibly, make the appropriate picks. Uh, I hated having a conviction last week miss in, in Nate Sexton. And I just feel for any fans who, uh, who took my advice and may not have, uh, played it, who might've just blew their whole bankroll, deposited a hundred bucks, blew it all the, that week. And now they're depositing a hundred again, guys, if you have a hundred bucks, you should probably just create like 10 lineups of $10 each and make them all five pick flexes. Uh, get that practice in, have some fun because there will be, there will be tournaments and weekends where the lines just seem so easy we, we've had it this year and you really have to uh, be centered and understand that this might not be the week to try to go for gold and win it all we're playing at two different courses one of them we've never seen before and the lines are as sharp as ever given the fact that we've seen Eureka Lake plenty of times so do what you will with that information I think that's going to do it from us this week, guys. Thank you for joining me for rendition two of the solo pod. Find us on Twitter and follow along with us all weekend for live updates. Maybe we'll have some more little goodies for you uh, throughout the weekend. That is um, on Twitter at underscore hitting the line. Or you can follow my personal account on Twitter at jad underscore rehan. That's J-A-D underscore r-i-h-a-n and last but not least guys we do have i think i have one or two more uh 2021 nate sexton firebirds that i am trying to give away for free dm our uh podcast account on twitter that's at underscore hitting the line again uh for details on how to do that 
Essentially, if you have not deposited yet for prize picks, um, make a make a minimum deposit of $20. Show me that you made a deposit and use our referral code, and I will send you a 2021 Nate Sexton Firebird for free. That is going to do it from me this week. Good luck, everybody, this weekend. Play responsibly. Watch some live disc golf. And enjoy yourselves. Peace. Peace.